be the press box. Get off right now from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Brad and Ben hanging out with you. Colors job shadowing us today. Showing him the ropes here at the Roar. Glad to have him and glad to have you listening to us. This hour brought to you by our good friends over at Dominion Senior Living. You know, they've got a new establishment. Uh, Everlon Independent Living is from the same folks who bring you Dominion Senior Living. It's located in Patrick Square, and they're accepting reservations for residency for adults 55 and up. This was created for those of you who want to get the most out of life, 55 and up. Uh, luxury, thoughtful design, beautiful aesthetics, premium amenities, no upkeep. That's the big upsell there. Uh, you're going to love it over there. You're going to be right in the heart of Patrick Square, so you get all the businesses, the amenities, the restaurants, everything uh, in a great place, great place to be, great place to hang out and live. And they're going to take care of everything for you. You get a blend of casual dining experiences. You get a salon spa, fitness equipment room. Each unit, whether it's the studio the one-bedroom or the two-bedroom come with a uh, high-speed Wi-Fi cable and TV or cable TV, walk-in closets, washer and dryer in each and every unit, and you get 24-hour emergency response, transportation services available as well. Go check out their unique floor plans. It's very simple. Give them a call today and set up a tour, 499-8318. That's 499-8318, or you can go to info at everyoneclemson.com. Send them an email. And let them know you want to set up a time to come look and schedule. Brad, a bit of uh, news from one of Clemson's yearly opponents. And uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to get a lot of this kind of news in the next week or so. Uh, Wake Forest running back Christian Bill Smith, according to The Athletic, has entered. Man, I was kind of hoping Wake was going to run it all back. You know, they were pretty much bringing everybody back or they he, could bring everybody back. He uh he's led the Deeks in rushing the last 2 years, 1871 career rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. A, a really good running back at Wake Forest, but he is he's in the old portal. This is 2 years in a row they've lost their running back to the transfer portal. That's not a fun system for running backs. Even though the yards no. are there, the system just I don't I don't think it I don't think it, it feel, makes these guys feel like they're preparing for the next level. I think that's pretty obvious. Kenneth Walker is going to play at the next level. He left, went to Michigan State and became a star. So I wonder if, if Bill Smith's doing the same thing here. Uh, kind of hate to see this, though, this trend at Wake Forest, but not that surprising. I, I just, if, if I'm a running back, I'm just not running the mesh my whole life. <laughs> I'm, I'm not spending four years of college running the mesh. Just not going to happen. So I don't. I don't know if you can fault them, can you? If you're a running back at Wake Forest, uh, I don't know. I mean, it you know it worked out for Kenneth Walker so well. So I I don't know. I mean, I granted, they, he, he is he's entering as a grad transfer, so he's gotten his degree there. That I when when a guy gets his degree, you know, he got he's he's given you his four years. I I do tend to feel a little differently about those guys as, you know, true. They, the, the grad transfer is a little bit of a different category for me. I, I hate it for Wake Forest, though. And I'm sure he'll, you know, I'm sure he'll get a good opportunity someplace else. Um, you know, maybe he's the next guy at Michigan State or, uh, you know, maybe he, uh, a Wisconsin, somebody like that. We'll see. Yep. Well, wishing him the best. He, he has had a really good career there. Again, over 1,800 yards this past season. Um, 
or I guess that's in his career, but he, he's, he's had a great year. And uh, don't blame him for wanting to move on if he's got his degree. 654 Rory, we're on the Vibe Rob and phone lines. On the text line, Texture brought this up. So thanks for bringing up the passing game uh, for Clemson's passing game, need, needing some examinations that issues were not just injuries. Routes just didn't produce separation like I see from other top teams. Have you ever been able to put a finger on that, on on why we didn't see guys get uh, as open as we've seen in past years? Uh, and now that we've had sort of the full body of work to look at, is it more about the receivers themselves? Is it, is it scheme? What, do you have any idea what's why that didn't seem to produce the way that it normally produces? Like so many other things, I just feel like it's a combination. It's not one thing. It's a combination of a lot. Um, but I but I agree with the texture. You know, the, the routes have not been great. The, the separation's not necessarily been there. Um, I, I think you could... Well, let's start here. Part of that is who has really been able to get into a, a rhythm at wide receiver this year? Joseph and Gata might be the closest, actually. He missed a ton and, of and games. And he's missed a ton of games, right. <laughs> uh, Bo Collins down the stretch here. Bo and Dakari both the last, what, they both, we've seen a good bit of them, what, last three, four games? I guess four games? Bo the last probably five games, yeah, four or five games. And he he looked like he was understanding it better. I mean, he was able to get in a little bit of a rhythm. You didn't see anybody do that at the slot. Uh, you didn't see, and, and it was kind of musical chairs on the outside. So I, I think that probably has a little to do with it. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't been impressed with just the, the overall effort out of that room with some exceptions, but I mean, a big part of being a Clemson wide receiver is also blocking. Well, I was going to say. And they, they struggled mightily at that. Am, am I wrong for thinking the blocking tended to improve when they got a little bit farther down the depth chart? Those, you saw guys that really looked hungry. Yeah. And and understand, like, this is what I got to do to get on the field. I'm willing to do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe that's not a fair way to judge. Maybe they're all entitled. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking <laughs> when I say that. But yeah, I I agree with all that with it from the texter. Yeah, I th- I think it's fair to ask, uh, and and question why you didn't see some of the separation, you didn't see some of the the pure effort that you see. Clemson's got a chance to change that. They're going to work hard at that receiving core. Uh, we were talking about games, Brad. The other game that the the Rose Bowl was, yeah, I I don't know that I'm with you on that. It's arguably the best game that we've seen so far. Tennessee Purdue was highly entertaining. That they produced, especially the top slot it was in, it was a Thursday night game. Yeah, uh, in Nashville. Tell tell me that game didn't mean anything. The fans were were huge in that one. Tennessee showed up big time. They did well. I mean, as, as they should. They just you know pull out of their driveway and turn left, and there <laughs> there you are. You're, you're in Nashville. Um, it, it was a you know Purdue looked. Like they were, you know, they never gave up. It been it would have been easy for Purdue just to to give up in that one. Uh, I mean, it's twenty eight twenty one seven after the first quarter, and Tennessee could pretty much do whatever they wanted to do. The problem is Purdue adjusted to what they were doing, and and that game 
leveled out. And then, you know, I was, I was very entertained, did not care at all who won. I had no idea what in the world Tennessee's play calling what 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 it was you were trying to do down the stretch? Oh, I, it was, I like it was, it was, it was like terrible. you were trying to lose. It was terrible. It, they had no I, no semblance of of trying to put the ball where it needed to be to, to score. I, I I still don't understand. Like th- th- there was a play that came out of a timeout where they actually could draw up a ball play, and it looked like they didn't draw anything up at all. And they ran. They if I'm not they they came out and ran into regulation, and and just run draws. With like 17 seconds With left. no time on the clock. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You know, Henry and Hooker having a pretty good day through the air. Uh, a really good day, as a matter of fact. And you're coming out running. The, I don't know. It's It, it feels like hype like, Let's call lost. something that is so crazy, they'll never see it coming. But just do what scored you the 40-something points. Like, that would have been the smart decision. It felt like an example of where coaches outthink, outthink themselves. Yeah, probably and so. You know, and then I, you know, that was a ping pong match though for a while. Well, you that get in, fun. you get into overtime. I, I, I realize Tennessee that they probably did score there on the goal line, but you supposedly you blow the you know forward progress. I dead. hate that though. I hate. I, I, I do too. It's stupid. I do too. Um, it ruins. And so games. if I if I'm a Tennessee fan today, I'm like, yeah, we got you know we got cheated out of that one. But keep in mind, you're going for it on fourth down. You had the ball first in overtime. Every other coach in the country kicks a field goal there. And I felt like, you know, it felt, you treat that more like a home game, right? Extend this thing uh, because well, I've got momentum on my side. I mean, it, you know, that's a home game for, for Tennessee. I, I'm going to go ahead and take my chances and kick the field goal there. Um, I, I've gone, you've gone for it. And then, I mean, not to mention the fourth, you go for it on fourth down. That's the second time you go for it on fourth down on the same drive. Um, uh, and then even if you score a touchdown there, all that means is that perhaps the game gets extended to a second overtime. doesn't mean that you, that wasn't like a, a win or loss or lose play. Yeah. There were other things that led to that being the play that cost you the game. So if I'm a Tennessee fan, I totally get it being upset. That that should have been a touchdown, but that doesn't mean you would have gone on to win the game. Yeah, but before progress is such a cop out thing. It's it, like you know, like it just does not. What you don't blow the play dead down. Officials are relying on replay so much now they don't want to blow the whistle. You see that in a fumble return, like a pick six or a you know a scoop and score, they won't blow it dead because they know they're going to get to review it. Texter says, isn't it the rule you can't pull a teammate into the end zone? But they didn't call that. They didn't flag them for that. You're not supposed to pull a guy into that you can push, but you can't pull. Well, I think he's talking about earlier, and there was another play um, where that was that was in question, too, whether you know you weren't pushing a guy, you were pulling a guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. They all kind of run together. <laughs> It was it was a very bizarro game, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, the ping pong match that went back and forth. If you were just flipping it over there just to watch a bowl game on a Thursday night uh, with really nothing else to do, that thing did not disappoint. That that's what bowl season is to me. You just happen to flip it over there, see what's going on, and you just watch just two teams scoring seemingly every time they touch the ball there in the second half. 
I liked it. It was fun. Georgia Jeff is up next. Georgia Jeff, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New you Year too. to you. Uh, can anybody tell me which head coach showed up down in Miami for uh, Georgia against Michigan? Because that did not look like the Kirby Smart coach that we've seen the past four or five years. Um, I was kind of stunned at it, and I say that because I kind of caught some of the radio part of it too. And he was really upset towards the end of the half with the with the twenty seven to three lead. Yeah. They asked him why he was upset, and he said. I wanted to score more points. Felt like we had a good opportunity to really snag momentum. Well, you're up 27-3. He's looking for more points. That does not sound like Kirby Smart. Your thoughts? No, he, he was aggressive. He was very aggressive in this game. And different, maybe a little bit different mindset than I think a lot of people are used to seeing from him. But I, I could not agree more. He, he wanted to put the game away. You know, he, he wanted to set his team up where they didn't have to worry about the second half. I, I tend to agree with a lot of what you said there, George. I think, I think Kirby approached it in a, in a different Kirby-esque manner. Maybe this is maybe he's turned the corner a little bit. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering or thinking in my mind is, you know, for the first time probably since he's been there, I, can, I can't really recall another game, another game to where he kind of, so to speak, took the training wheels off the – the offensive coordinator and let him do his thing. The championship, and, uh, game, the championship game against Alabama in seventeen. That was one where they came out throwing the ball uh, instead of handing it off and using Sony Michelle and, and Nick Chubb. You know they, they came out throwing it. That was a little bit different wrench in, into the game plan that we saw. But outside of that, I, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, and that game too. If you recall, they built a lead and, and tried to run it. Yep. got conservative and it ended up costing them a game. But I don't know. Going forward against Alabama, um, do you guys believe that's pretty much the game plan? Uh, Alabama come out aggressive, attack them early, attack them often. Uh, if we do that, I think we'll we'll come out on top. And I'll take it off air. Thank you, Georgia Jeff. I appreciate you getting in today. Congratulations to your Bulldogs for knocking off Michigan down there in the Orange Bowl and reaching the championship. I, I tend to think that both teams have to be much more aggressive in this game. There, there's no filling out process between Alabama and Georgia. They know exactly the personnel, the scheme. They know everything. It's not going to be about who brings any wrinkles to the game. It's going to be who, who executes what they do really, really well. So if you're Georgia, there's no reason to be anything but aggressive. In my opinion. Could, could you see Georgia coming out, throwing the ball a little bit early in that game? Uh after what I just saw Stetson Bennett do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's did they? I it, it was such they, a weird. They used game the, the run to complement the pass. What's yeah. the last time you could say that about a Georgia team? But in the first game against Alabama, that did not work, and and Bennett was a deer in the headlights at times in that game. I, I just wonder. Now I understand you got to be careful because Alabama's defensive front is just so good, and. I just wonder, though, how can you just sit back and take that same – you can't do the same thing you did. You had to be more aggressive in the championship game. Yeah, see, the defensive side is what I would be more concerned about for Georgia against Alabama. Oh. Uh, you you can't lie, let Bryce Young throw for 400-plus yards again. You you just can't. And you you think back to that game – you know, Georgia started second guessing themselves. They wanted to get to 
They wanted to pressure Young, and when they couldn't, they weren't really sure what to do. Um, I suspect you figure out a different way to try to get to him. But, uh, yeah, I would I would focus more on the defensive side of that. But also, know this, that was the best game Alabama played all year was the SEC title game. I don't think it's even close. And Georgia's and then, best game was the Orange Bowl. Right. So is was the SEC game a one-off for, for Alabama? You look at who they've played this year and how they've played, I think there's a strong argument to be had for that. I mean, they played much better against Georgia than they did against Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I felt like they did. I would, I would agree. With so that. you know that. I mean, I'm, I get Alabama peaking at the right time and all that, and perhaps they are. But there's all there's there's more evidence to suggest that the SEC championship was a one off. Were you surprised to see Georgia as the favorite in the national championship game? A little bit because of who we're talking about here, and we 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 just saw that game a month ago. But see, when I saw that, I thought, okay, Vegas thinks the same thing I do. They think that that was a one-off in the SEC championship. They also think Georgia's the better team, like from stacking right. up their personnel and from top to bottom. They feel like Georgia's a more talented team. And I'm I'm not so sure they're not. We'll discuss that for the next seven days. <laughs> Six, five, four, roar. More to come right after this. Don't go anywhere. Granger Nissan of Anderson is not only home of the lifetime warranty, but the winner of the Nissan Award of Excellence for three years in a row. Granger Nissan is here to serve the upstate with excellent service and competitive pricing. With the largest selections of Nissans in the upstate, Granger Nissan is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Granger Nissan of Anderson at 3510 Clemson Boulevard, only 25 miles from Greenville, and always online at GrangerDesignOfAnderson.com. My Garage has been servicing the Clemson area for years with professionalism and care. See us for all makes and models, from BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Audi, Volvo, to domestic and Asian. We provide a great customer service and treat our customers like family. Best Darn Garage in Clemson. You and your family's safety is our main concern, so we keep your vehicle safe for the roads. Please stop by and see what My Garage is all about on 551 Old Greenville Highway or call 864-633-8500. What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Don Munson. And up next is your daily Clemson athletic update. But first, this word from Founders Federal Credit Union. Hey, Tiger fans, Founders is all in with Clemson, so get your Clemson debit card today and show off your Tiger pride. Plus, take Founders with you anywhere, anytime with Founders Online. Whether you want lower loan rates, higher saving returns, or just great personalized service, Founders has all the products and services of a big bank with a personalized credit union experience. Clemson University students, faculty, staff, and MTA members are eligible for membership. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union, the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. Founders is federally insured by NCUA. 
Well, I hope that 2022 has gotten off to a fine start for you. The 2021 football season ended in fine fashion for Clemson as they downed Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, Florida, by a score of 20 to 13. The win was win number 10 on the season for Clemson, and they have now recorded at least 10 wins for a school record 11 consecutive seasons. The win was also number 150 in the career of Dabo Sweeney in only his 186th career game as a head coach, and he became the sixth fastest coach in FBS history to 150 wins. Sweeney also joined Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops as the only coaches in FBS history to win 150 games in their first 15 season as a head coach. Unfortunately, 2021 in, in, in sad fashion for Clemson football fans, as on December the 31st of 2021, Clemson legend and Ring of Honor member Fred Cohn passed away at the age of 95. Cohn first showed up on the Clemson campus in 1947. He first played football in 1948, was part of an undefeated team that went 11-0. In 1950, he was the lead horse in the backfield for a team that went 9-0-1 and finished in the top 10 of the country. Thank you, Lord, for sending Fred Cohn to Clemson. And as always, go Tigers! Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Got a familiar name coming back to the ACC. Uh, sounds like Georgia Tech is set to hire Chris Winky, the former Florida State quarterback, uh, Heisman Trophy winner back in 2000. He's going to be the quarterback's coach for Jeff Collins and the Yellow Jackets there at Georgia Tech. Uh, Winky was out of coaching this year. If you remember, he was part of the now very defunct Jeremy Pruitt staff at Tennessee back a couple of years ago, uh, but he will be joining Jeff Collins now. Interesting hire. Uh, Chris Winkie knows a lot about it. He's coached in the NFL. He's coached in college. Uh, we'll see what he brings to the table for Collins. Uh, is there a quarterback left? Does he have? Do they all transfer out? I'm not sure who Chris Winkie can. Chris Winkie's got to have some eligibility left. I mean, he played until he was like 30 years old. He's probably got another year or so. He's exhausted eligibility <laughs> in two sports, Brad. <laughs> That's fair. That's exactly right. <laughs> he uh, No more baseball, no more football. Can't play anything else, not at the collegiate level. How how old do you think Chris Winkie is? Uh, because I can put myself in that time frame. Uh, 46, 45? 49. 49? What? You, see, we, we forget that he was older before he ever started playing football. I know he was older, but not that, but he was older before he started playing football. <laughs> what? Now, by the way, this is not old, okay? Forty nine is not old. We're, we're no, oh, forty nine is like the new twenty nine. What are you talking about? He's forty nine. Yeah. Oh, what was he then? That when he was at, he was been what twenty six when he was at Florida State. Uh, when he won the Heisman, when he like twenty six. Yeah, cause, I mean, because you know, I mean, remember he played professional or yeah. minor league baseball, and then comes back to, to football. Unreal. Boy, that that just that kind of that kind of put a downer Let's on the see. day there, Ben. Thanks for reminding us how old Chris Winkie is. He uh, he started playing football when he was twenty five, and he played until he was what? 
47. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Won the, won the Heisman uh, while he was at his 30 years at uh, Florida State. So welcome back to the ACC, Chris Winkie. Uh, I would say that's a good get for uh, for Jeff Collins to get somebody to want to come coach for him. I didn't know he had any quarterbacks to coach, though. I mean, it's a pretty empty room, isn't it? Yes. Let's go to transfer portal and find a couple guys to fill that room. 654 Rory, you want to get on the Vibe Raw Band phone lines here in the final hour of the show, broadcasting live from Upcountry Fiber Studios. Roger and Anderson is up next. Hey, Roger, how are you? Well, doing pretty good. Uh, my big blue went down to Georgia um, in the playoff, and I, it, I didn't, I didn't really think we were going to win. I'll be, I'm being honest. I didn't think we could beat Georgia, but I certainly didn't think we would get our doors blown off and get humiliated in that fashion. Um, that wasn't, and I know Georgia is better than Iowa, and I believe they're also better than Ohio State. And uh, we played Ohio State at home, and that helped out too, but I didn't think we would lose like that in that fashion. Very disappointed. Um, thought it was really over by the end of the first quarter, early in the second quarter. It was over. Um we had no time to throw the ball, and they're very they're very talented defensive and offensive lines, and that's where the game is won. And hey, what what can you do? You tip your hat, you move on. And I want to say thank you, Jim Harbaugh, for your uh, years of uh, service to Michigan, and I hope you do well either with the uh, <laughs> uh, Vegas Raiders or the Chicago Bears. Man. I have a feeling he's going to probably. I really do, guys. I think his time. I think his time is going to call. Uh, Chicago, he's got he's got connections to both teams. He played quarterback in Chicago, and he was on the staff with John Gruden uh, in in, uh, in in with the Raiders in uh, Oakland. So I think he's gone. I really do. I don't know if I'm going to go that far uh, to say that he's gone. Uh, <laughs> I don't. That, Roger, who in the NFL really wants Jim Harbaugh? They've had plenty of opportunities well, to go get him. Who who really wants well, him? The Chicago Bears would take him in a heartbeat. They are a they're a train wreck. They don't know now. We have a situation in Chicago where Andy Dalton is apparently maybe pushing Justin Fields aside for the moment. They're going to have to get Justin Fields figured out. Oh, I don't. And, I don't have any doubt that the Bears are going to fire and get rid of Matt Nagy. But I I, I don't know that Jim Harbaugh is yeah, the don't. answer. Well, wait a minute now. I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh is going to be some Look, he's been to the NFL. He made a Super Bowl. He almost, with Colin Kaepernick, almost won a Super Bowl. And he also had other good years with the 49ers. So, and he's he's got ties all over the NFL. He played in, I mean, he coached in Oakland. He played for the Colts. He played for the Chargers. He played for the Bears. He's got ties to the NFL, guys. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, some tobacco-chewing college coach all his life i mean i just think he's gonna make a move because and it's not just those two teams other teams are going to also be looking for coaches uh the the giants certainly uh you know any team that's underperforming right now who knows but, but roger roger there there have been head coaching positions in the nfl come open each and every single season that jim harbaugh has been in michigan that's that's fact and Every year you hear his name linked to some jobs. And every year I keep hearing from, from people who really know what's going on. 
that those leaks come from his agent and him. That the NFL is not okay. begging Jim Harbaugh to come back to the NFL. I mean, may, maybe this is the year if somebody really, really loves him. But I don't. I, I just don't think there's anybody out there who's been clamoring to get Harbaugh back in the NFL. Like it's a like he's this coveted coach. I, I think I, it's not that he's such a coveted coach, but I do think there'll be interest. It's that he has achieved, at least in his mind. Now, maybe not to the mind of the fan base, because I'm certainly not satisfied with our program, Michigan, until we can compete with Georgia, with Alabama, and, yes, Clemson on the national stage. We prove we can get over the Ohio State pump. Okay, that's accomplished for, for Harbaugh. He can say if he rides off into the sunset, I beat Ohio State and I won the Big Ten. Okay, good job. And that is a good job. But those opportunities that came in previously in years past, like when Chicago hired Matt Nagy and when other positions came open that were maybe had his name around them, he had not beaten Ohio State, and he had not won the Big Ten. So his resume at Michigan was very shaky. Now it's stronger, and he can say, although I personally think Michigan's a better job than those other jobs, I really do. I think Michigan is one of the top five jobs in the country, better than a pro job that those jobs are. But you never know. If Dallas lays an egg like they did yesterday in the playoffs, I don't think Mike McCarthy's sticking around. So those are only the jobs we know about. Chicago, probably, certainly. Other jobs are going to come open, too, over the next two weeks. And I just think he's going to nibble and he's going to bite at one of them. Probably the best one for him would be Chicago. Maybe so. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate you getting in. I, I just don't think that there's I mean, nearly as much interest in Harbaugh terms of the NFL side of things. Then. We'll worry about that when it happens. I mean, he leaves the NFL once, whether whether he left on his own or, or not, who knows. But, uh, I mean, he leaves to come back to Michigan. And, I mean, he's finally looking like what you expected him to look like when you hired him. It seems strange that he would go back, but you know, maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's almost like you're suggesting he's I, and, reached and I mean his ceiling. And I mean this respectfully. I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, if you want to go back, that's that's great. What is that a good thing or a bad thing? Would be my question. I I don't know. I, I mean, don't. I don't know that I trust Michigan to hire. That's my only thing. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I'm, I'm not so sure. Ben, we got some uh, transfer portal news to get to here. One of your guys, Marshall. Quarterback Grant Wells. Mm. He's now in it. Yeah, how about that? You you've always liked Grant Wells. Good quarterback. Uh, yeah, I uh, really surprised he's still at Mar- at Marshall. Marshall stinks. Yeah, I mean, they, they're just not. This is not a program for a guy like Grant Wells. I, I'm not even the least bit surprised. In fact, this is. In some respects, this is why the portal was created for players like Grant Wells, who deserve a better opportunity than being the quarterback at Marshall. I think he's better than the school he's played at. But he threw for 3,500 yards this year, uh, 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Not a great rate there, but still eight yards per passing attempt. Uh, didn't Does not have a lot of help around him. Didn't have much of a defense this year. I think this is a good move for Grant Wells. Yeah, and he started he, – he's listed as a freshman, but he's played two years. Correct. Um, yeah, last year, you know, he starts as a true freshman – and really, uh, another one of those years didn't have a ton around him, and it played well. Uh, last year, eighteen touchdowns, nine interceptions, 
uh, you know, good, not great, but he's a tr- he's a true freshman that's asked to do an awful, awful lot at Marshall. Uh, he will he will move up. I was to, gonna say power five. He will move, perhaps. Do you think he could end up at like an Ole Miss? <sighs> Kevin was nibbling. I, I would be shocked if you if you saw some interesting teams like that. I I think he wants another quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure he loved his his freshman in the bowl game enough or not to to make him the starter next year. He was nibbling in the transfer portal as it was. He wanted Dylan Gabriel. But now. If you go to power Which to a power five, he's not entering the transfer portal to go be somebody's third team or second team quarterback. He's going someplace Thank where he's guaranteed to be the starter. Right, one hundred percent. Because he's already got a starting job. He didn't get beaten out at Marshall. Right, he, he's thirty five hundred yards. He's he's played two years at Marshall. If he wants to, been there for three technically. Uh, yeah, I mean he's. He's not going to a Power Five to sit on somebody's bench. Correct. No one's bench. He's going someplace to a team that needs a starting quarterback and has an opening. He wants to enhance his draft profile. That that's what this is about. Could you see him at a Virginia Tech? Maybe mm. that type of school. Boy, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I dabble in Virginia Tech, but yeah, but that that kind of school, yeah. Georgia Tech, maybe. We just mentioned Chris Winkie being the quarterback coach there. They had a bunch of guys stay, enter the transfer portal. Stay where you are. Don't go there. West Virginia's lovely. You're back. Stay where you are. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Marshall. They're a great team. Stay where you're at. No, um, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, that, that kind of level of school, potentially, yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to end up at sort of a mid-tier, maybe a little bit lower-ish tier Power 5 program. I could see that. Unless he, I don't know. And Ole Miss kind of intrigues me. I don't know if Lane Kiffin sees, I don't know what Lane Kiffin thinks of, of Grant Wells. I have absolutely no clue. But if he saw him as someone who could help his offense, I could see him going to something like that, opportunity like that. Uh, but this transfer portal, still very, we, we told you last week that this was going to be a very active week in the portal because the window is closing. These guys got to make some decisions before classes get started. I know Clemson starts back. Uh, what week from Wednesday, I believe it is. So there's a lot of schools out there that haven't, you know, don't start back now. They start back today. So there's going to be some some movement here in the portal. Some guys figure out where they're going to spend their spring practice season. Very important. Spencer Myrtle Beach is up next. Six five four Roar on the Vibe Broadband phone lines. Hey Spencer, how are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New you Year too. to you. Thank you for getting in. I've got to admit that. I never kept up with Streeter while he was at Richmond, although their numbers look really good on offense. That being said, I'm not a big fan of uh, our offense that rely on the quarterback running 13 to 16 times per game. We've been very fortunate in the last few years that Deshaun and you know and our other quarterbacks didn't get hurt running the ball so much. Um, as far as uh, Streeter's offense. What do you guys think as far as us relying on the quarterback to run? Do you think he's going to still rely on that, or is he going to cut back on that, become more of a passing team, less read option, and I'll get off the air and listen to you guys. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you for getting in. I appreciate the call. First, if I'm being honest, when Spencer from Myrtle Beach calls, I just assumed that was an Ohio State fan. Oh. I I did. I did. That's not fair. Like, he's calling to talk about the Rose Bowl. Uh, No, just joking. Not really. I don't. I don't think 
uh, Streeter has an has a choice in running the quarterback. That's part of Clemson's offense, and that I mean Dabo Sweeney's made that abundantly clear. How many times is the question? But I mean, there's always going to be that option and that opportunity. I'm not a big fan of running a quarterback that's got a bad knee, <laughs> and and okay. knowing that you don't have much of a backup at the moment. But um, as other parts of the offense develop, though, I think you see those carries by your quarterback go down. But you're not ever going to get into a situation where you just don't run the quarterback. A Clemson is not a pocket quarterback university. It just isn't. No, the, the offense, again, is the Clemson offense. Compare it to what Nick Saban did at Alabama. When he decided to go spread, he brought in Lane Kiffin. He told Lane Kiffin, I know you've been running pro style for a lot of years. Here's the spread. Figure it out. Make it your own, but make it Alabama's offense. And then ever since he, you know, wherever he left Lane Kiffin at, tarmac, tunnel, whatever, uh, he has run the same offense at Alabama. They've not varied. They have run the same thing that Lane Kiffin was calling back in 2015 and, and 16 and, 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 and whatever. The difference is they've had a bunch of different coordinators. Bill O'Brien is having success at Alabama, not because he's Bill O'Brien, but because Saban said, you're not going to run anything different than what I'm calling and than what we've been doing. Bill O'Brien works under some strict guidelines in terms of what he can do offensively. Yeah, and Texture brings up a great point. says, what elite offense doesn't run the quarterback? Everybody does. Everybody does. The, the zone read, having an extra runner in the box changes defenses in college football. It's what opens up plays down the field. It keeps you know the safeties honest. It keeps a lot of people from doing various things against you schematically. There's nothing wrong with running your quarterback. Like, as you said, the question is how much and how often. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know though that that running has been DJ's strength. Like we haven't seen him. He's not the type of runner that we've seen him in past Clemson offenses. Well, he, he's not as quick and he's injured. Uh, you know, he he's slower than he even was at the beginning of the year. You know, remember remember we were going to make big Cinco, medium-sized Cinco? That never really played out yeah. this year. Yeah, you're right. Um, but even a school like, I mean, Georgia's been kind of running back you, and they even let little Stetson Bennett scurry on down the field. Little Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I mean, little it's guy. effective. You have to run the football. You have to run you your quarterback. Run football, yeah. I mean, even in the NFL, there's it's, not a lot of guys who are just sitting of, there in the pocket. It's and, part of playing the position now. It is. It is. 654 Roar final segment coming up. Right after this on the press box. My Garage by Essex, the go-to place for vehicle maintenance. Whether it's your newer or older vehicle, we even repair those old classics of your grandparents that need some major maintenance or repairs to keep them going like the old days. We are professionals that perform high-quality worksmanship with high-quality parts. Please stop in to see us at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Or give us a call at 864-633-5800. This week, the Clemson Tigers are back home in Little John Coliseum as they play host to the University of Virginia. After playing the Cavaliers just two weeks ago, the Tigers look to get a win against a familiar foe. Broadcast begins 30 minutes prior to tip. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. 
right here on The Roar, 105.5 and 97.5, where every day is game day. An ordinary HVAC unit might last 15 years. With a water furnace geothermal unit, you can expect a 25-year lifespan, maybe more. That makes water furnace the better choice. Federal tax credits are 26%, and South Carolina adds an extra 25%. Blue Ridge Electric Co-op members could get $1,600 per ton rebate as well. Invest in comfort and savings now. Visit waterfurnace.com backslash SC or call Brian Harden at 735-8081. Water Furnace, your reliable renewable. When your vehicle suffers a mishap, be it an accident, a door dent, or a hailstorm, take it to the George Coleman Ford Collision Center. It's just like their sales and service I've told you about. The same family, the same rated online reviews, the same integrity. It doesn't matter whether you're paying for it or insurance is. The George Coleman Ford Collision Center offers dent, collision, and glass repairs and has a full-service mechanic. No added fees and 100% guaranteed. Call 610-2655. You'll thank me later. You say goodbye, and I say hello. With Mercari, your unneeded things can find a new life. Hello, hello. Easily list and sell. I know why you say goodbye, and I say hello. Or discover great finds. Hello. Buy or sell almost anything. You say goodbye, and I say hello. Download Mercari on the app stores or at Mercari.com. Mercari, your marketplace. Brad and Ben share a birthday, a love of college football, and a desire to get in line early at the media buffet. Mmm, yum. And that's about where it ends. Listen to the Press Box Monday through Friday, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. It was a big separation Sunday yesterday in the National Football League. We saw some teams claim division titles, lock up playoff spots. The playoff picture much clearer now as we enter Monday Night Football in a game that probably won't really factor into this. But as of right now, what we do know is the teams that are pretty much a lock uh, in the NFC is just about, well, this is set. Uh, that that is that is basically locked up now. As Philadelphia, San Francisco, I, I guess could still fall out of there as the sixth seed. Although I'm not so sure that's that's going to happen. Um, they got they do have the Rams coming up, but New Orleans and San Francisco, the only two teams there in that in that side of things that are trying to decipher uh, who's in and who's not. It's very clear in the AFC standings. Chargers, Raiders play each other. This weekend, it's going to be on Sunday night football. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. Very simple. Love that. We get that game on Sunday night. Thanks for the flex scheduling there, NBC and the NFL. In the AFC, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati all have clinched their division titles. They are in for sure. Uh, Buffalo and New England, that division title has not been decided as both teams are 10 and 6. The Bills play the Jets this week. The Patriots play the Dolphins. I would assume both very likely win. It's not going to really matter a whole lot, I don't believe, because they're both they're four and five right now. Um, so it's not it's not a doesn't matter a ton. It's not going to decide between being a two seed and being a seven or anything crazy like that. 
uh, as a, I believe it, it looks like Cincinnati, Cincinnati needs to win. They've got Cleveland coming up, and I, I think they will win that game. Uh, Cincinnati should lock in that that third seed. Uh, Kansas City and Tennessee will decide who gets home field advantage in that that bye going into the playoffs here. Tennessee plays at Houston. Kansas City plays at Denver. So we get a lot of meaningful games in the AFC. Granted, they're not going to be, um, you know, shake up entire season, but these teams are playing for a lot in terms of position and jockeying for playoff spots uh, right now. Over in the NFC, Green Bay locked and loaded right now. They're in great shape. They have clinched, uh, I believe, everything that they need to need to clinch at this point. Uh, I believe they would hold the tiebreaker over the Rams uh, if they were to lose and the Rams were to win. They both finish 13-4, and four, I believe so. So Green Bay's in good shape. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers even play this week. Uh, the Rams, number two. Tampa, number three. The, the Bucs have been struggling a little bit as of late, obviously, but uh, they, they got a, win, a key win over the Jets. Uh, they've got Carolina coming up on um, – this, this final game. So I, I don't foresee them blowing that lead. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Dallas hanging around there within the four seed, Arizona in the five. Uh, both those teams, 11 and five, they could both use a win to sort of solidify where they're going to be in terms of the playoff picture. New Orleans still in the hunt, uh, though, and they had a, a win over the Carolina Panthers in which the Panthers did not even get to 200 total yards of offense. What an embarrassing season. For that organization. Uh, our Cardinals, Ben, big win over the Cowboys yesterday, 25-22. Our Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons forced a big uh, fumble in the fourth quarter, and they find a way to hold on. Kyler Murray, he's coming back a little bit now. He looks a little bit more stable uh, health-wise, and I, th- I think we're setting things up for the Cardinals, make a run in the playoffs. You feeling it? I feel better about them than I have the last three weeks. <laughs> but, I mean, Brad, let's face it, Dallas didn't want to be there. Oh, they, they opted out. The Dallas yeah. out. They didn't want to be there. Uh, Cowboys not not really playing good football. Let's let's be honest. I mean, they they did beat the pants off the the Washington football team, but everybody is at this point. Speaking of that, the Eagles won this week. Texture got in. Very excited about their Eagles making the playoffs. Yeah, congratulations there. You'll see if you're the six or the seven seed. But the Eagles are in after a 2016 win over Washington yesterday. The Raiders, Hunter Renfro, and a bunch of other Clemson guys on that roster, they get a 23-20 win over the Colts. That might be one of the more impressive wins I've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, I think the Raiders, what they have overcome, we talked about this the other week, they're not getting nearly enough attention. They lost their head coach, one of their top draft picks from the last few drafts, not on the team anymore, Uh, obviously going through some legal issues, tragedy struck the organization, and yet here they are at 9-7 and seven with a chance to make the playoffs with just one more win. Derek Carr deserves more credit than he gets as a quarterback. Uh, I do like the the way this sets up for um, Hunter Renfro and this offense. He's had a great year. Renfro going over 1,000 yards, catches a touchdown yesterday in this game, and then caught the big score, well, the big play. It, it was almost a score. He basically got tackled by a fingernail. And if he doesn't go down there, they they score a touchdown. They, they kick a field goal anyway to win it. But did you see the play, Ben? I'm talking about where I Hunter did. that separation he got on that guy. <laughs> that oh, I I would hate to be in a team room when you sit down and watch that film. Like, how do you explain getting burnt the way that these DBs get by Hunter Riffro? Well, there's enough 
uh, film now of him burning all kinds of guys of on all kinds of teams that maybe that's not as big a deal anymore. I think perhaps NFL teams are finally realizing that what he's done has not been a fluke. Like he's he's legit. But does that mean they should defend him differently? I mean, th- no one seems to be able to stay with him. It's the oddest thing. It's been that way since he was probably 12 years old. No one can find a way to just run the route with Hunter Renfro. You can't stop him. You just hope to contain him. Man, what a year he's had. Over 1,000 yards, 90-plus catches. I think he's got 99 catches now on the year. Uh, he's zeroed in on Tim Brown's all-time single-season franchise record. Uh, so Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Tim Brown. Tim Brown in the same sentence. Sure. makes. I don't makes think he's going to get it. I think he's got to get like eight catches. I think he only averages, what's he average, about five a game, maybe five or six a game. So I don't know if he quite gets there, but he'll have an opportunity in, in primetime next Sunday night. I look forward to that. We talked about the Bengals today. What a win they had over the Chiefs yesterday. Uh, very impressed with that. Uh, the Bills knocked off the Falcons. Boy, it just needs to end. <laughs> Atlanta, this season's just just not gone particularly well. Uh, but Buffalo had to have that one. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, they just ran into the Patriots at the wrong time. Patriots needing a win to stay in the division hunt, and Trevor Lawrence did not play well yesterday. 50-10. to 10. Well, you talk about a team that really just needs it to end. It's, it's the Jags. Does this not speak, not just to Urban Meyer being a bad like coach, being a bad head coach, but also in hiring, because the guys he left behind can't figure anything they're, out. They're just they're they're just going through the motions. I mean, they really are. They're just going through the motions. It's really bad. Uh, Chargers beat the Broncos thirty four to thirteen, and a, a big day for Herbert. Uh, I think it was what 30, 30 something touch thirty four touchdowns. I believe now for him on the season. Did you see the one he had to Mike Williams? What a throw! What a catch that play was. And Mike Williams also goes over a thousand yards this year. And the Chargers set themselves up for that big playoff finale. Uh, 49ers kept their playoff hopes alive. 23-7 win over the Texans. How about Debo Samuel? Another big game from him. He just continues to make plays. So a lot of these guys from the state of South Carolina and a lot of these guys who played college ball here doing really well in the NFL. Uh, Vikings and Packers was not relevant last night. Didn't, Didn't care anything about that game. Just an absolute blowout. Just typical Packers. Why are the Vikings so bad as organization? Can you answer that question? Is there? There should be one simple. They answer. live in Minnesota. Well, I was going to say their quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Before he got there, but, they, but he wasn't even. But it wasn't even Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but he's terrible. Like they don't. Yeah. Th- this team is is about as lost as any in the NFL right now. Uh, they're looking at a losing record once again. When um, with with Green Bay though, when that offense is clicking, they're as enjoyable. Enjoyable to watch as anybody in the league. They, I mean, they really are. Aaron Rodgers and Adams are such a crazy, dangerous combination. And you know, you know, I don't like anything about uh, about Mister Rodgers, but man, he's good. <laughs> I, I mean, man, he's good. And boy, he he was on last night. I'm going to ask the same question I asked you before. Why in the world does he want to leave Green Bay? I just don't get it. I really don't. Like, this division is his. He won this going away. He doesn't have to play in week 18. He's run out of things to whine about. I don't uh, know. I, I don't know. You got to move on to somewhere else, have some new new challenges to whine. Tell me who in that division scares you right now. Outside of Green Bay? 
Nobody. Nobody. Min- you get to play Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit twice a year, every single year. Explain to me why you want to go to Pittsburgh and have to fight with that that up, uprising Cincinnati offense, uh, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson when, when they get healthy. Uh, Cleveland has put together some good players, just a bad year, too many injuries. Like, at, at what point do you say to yourself, Aaron, I have it this good. Why am I being this stupid and wanting to leave? Like, I, I know ego is the reason, but boy, is it, is it the fall of so many quarterbacks and so many players at this level? Just stay where you're at, man. You're not going to do any better than this. Where else are you going to go uh, and, and have that sort of division you can win and make the playoffs every year? Plus, you're getting along with your head coach now. Texer asks, is Trevor Lawrence not living up to the hype, or is the team just that bad, or both? Right now, both. Yeah, it's both. It's all uh, well, I mean, you, you can't live up to the hype that you had for that guy going in. At the same time, he has an interception problem. I think he's got, how many, what, has he got like 14 interceptions on the year or something? It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Threw a couple more yesterday. Yeah, he, he's not been good. But, but he, at the same time, he's been at in the most dysfunctional franchise in the league right now and hasn't had a head coach and came in with an experimental head coach at best and staff. Uh, I mean, it's fair to criticize Trevor Lawrence and his, and his lack of production, but at the same time, you got to recognize all the all the other things that have factored into that. Yeah, you're 100% right. He has not lived up to what he's supposed to be. He's not lifted the organization. But my response is, where has the organization done one thing? Where have they put him in one position to succeed? There isn't one. They're, they have not done a single thing. They didn't hire a good coach. They didn't hire good coordinators. They didn't hire good people. They didn't put good people at receiver. They put good people at at, at uh, yeah. Offensive line? Is there, offensive is, there line a single, is there a single player who's excelled at Jacksonville off the top of your head? No. They've all regressed. Even the players who were good last year have regressed. Yeah. James Robinson, for example. I don't I don't know their roster great, but nobody – I can't think of anybody. Nobody comes to mind as somebody who is like, okay, there's the guy who actually's done what we thought they were going to do or excelled. I, I don't think there's a guy on the roster. I don't think there is either. It doesn't make it right for Lawrence, but that's just the kind of company that he's keeping right now. Yeah, it's, I, I'm guessing if you polled GMs around the league, you would find out really quickly that this is the worst setup, the worst roster, the worst makeup of probably any team in the NFL right now. Outside of maybe maybe the Lions, I, I think the Texans have a better talent pool to choose from right now than, than Jacksonville, but it's really bad. They're, they're, if you don't have talent, and you don't, and you aren't well coached. It does not matter how good your or bad your quarterback is. You're going to be this bad. And that offensive line, Ben, you don't want to talk about opting out. Trevor Lawrence should probably tell Jacksonville, "I'm done." I mean, I, I know, I know that that that's not what you do in the NFL. And I know that Trevor Lawrence would never do that and set that tone. But as you see, what what's blocking for him? I mean, it is a it is as makeshift as it gets in this league. And it's it's really un- unfortunate that he's kind of stuck in that position. We'll see who his, who his next head coach is going to be. Uh, lot to lot to dissect there in terms of the NFL offseason, but they're still a long way away. One more week. I can't believe there's an, a week 18 in the NFL. Seems so weird to say, but still got one more to go uh, to wrap all this up. There are a couple other teams that are in the hunt for some playoff spots, but a lot of stuff has to happen for teams.